Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! And we're off. Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? It is March. We are one week away from the league year beginning for 2021. Everything's happening right now. Oh, yeah. How psyched are you guys? Are you just checking all the pages like I am, like feverishly? Yeah, whenever I get a chance, man. Uh, lots moving around. Lots mo- a, lot of, a lot of moving parts here this, this offseason. Nice. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited because of the cap space. Really, I think that's the biggest thing for the Patriots going forward. Is um, I think we have the third most cap space in the NFL. Um, the salary cap's going to be significantly lower, and I think that actually benefits the Patriots because they have money. They have about a third of the salary cap uh, worth of you know available funds. Um, 2022, actually, I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, but they actually have the most cap space, 145. Point four Holy million dollars crap. for 2022, most really? of the NFL by by a long shot. Yeah, by 11 million dollars um, on the books for two years from now. So I am excited. I think it's a little bit of a turning point, and um, we'll see what happens this next couple of weeks. I think it's deciding factor in where we go from here. It's just constant news. It's just, we're we're recording this March 10th on Wednesday night, and we we wanted to wait until the franchise tag period had concluded because we know it's always it's two weeks of speculation and then two hours of action is what ends up happening and then since then everybody's getting cut and there's all these veterans on the market and everybody's wondering how is this all going to play out but just to jump in at a starting point franchise tag window closed yesterday the first domino that fell was Dak Prescott finally signs his contract with oh, the Cowboys everybody one. knew it was going to get done but Buck sixty over four. I mean, how, how does that sit with you guys? I think it was a little large. Um, you know, I guess it, you know, going rate for quarterbacks these days is just getting ridiculous. I mean, we're getting to ridiculous numbers. He, it seems like any quarterback doesn't even matter if they're top top quarterback in the league. They're get, starting to get these just inc- something something that they broke the record of. Like he got the most guaranteed money up front in the first year payout or something, right? It was like 67 mil he's making. Highest signing bonus in NFL history, highest uh, first-year payment. He got a $64 right. million dollar signing bonus along with his first-year salary. It's going to be $75 million in his pocket yeah, in 12 months. exactly. So this dude's coming off of a really bad ankle injury, and he gets that kind of signing. I mean, I figured he'd get good money, but that's you know, it's pretty ridiculous. I think <laughs> There's a lot of unknowns, you know? I think the injury is one thing, but you do know when he's healthy, he's a proven yeah, he's a good quarterback. Player. He's yeah, top top fifteen, I would say, quarterback top ten, maybe, maybe. Um, he got like top you're... three, top two money, right? Is he? He's right under Deshaun. Yeah, I think it's 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 in that vicinity, but this is kind of what we're seeing now. Is is it's crazy? A, a franchise decides that this is your franchise quarterback. You can't let. First of all, you can't let one walk out the door. Because right. the odds of getting one are really not good. I think he wasn't even a, a first round pick. I think maybe he was even a fourth. second or third, fourth round pick. Okay. Yeah. So when you find one, you can't let him leave for nothing. Because you, know? you see and what then, happens when they go to Tampa and win a world championship. Well, you, you get stuck in that QB limbo, you know, and then Brady's a little you, I'd say, the Dak Prescott. Right. But some of the top quarterbacks, they're, they're making over 25, 30 million um the best ones are making upwards of 35 except for Wentz he sucks um so yeah I think that's kind of where it's going it's just I think it's it's too much you know I feel like 15 20 years ago like that wouldn't have happened you had a guy that came off an ankle injury the teams had so much leverage they'd be like eh, you're not gonna make that much you just took it you know what I mean which is a problem I'm happy the players are making more money uh don't get me wrong I'm just I can't believe that's you know that's becoming the going rate is like forty million. So. He he has he's had them by the balls balls for like over a year though. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. who's their backup That's... right now? J- Giacomoni? J- Isn't what's it Andy Dalton? No, no, Andy oh, Dalton he's, a free agent. he's a free agent. It's a like Giacomo or some shit. It does Giacomini. Yeah, trash is their backup plan. So they'd either have to draft one or they'd be in the same boat as us. Um, so I kind of get it from that perspective. You know, you franchise quarterback leave for nothing. 
one of the trouble spots for them is just the way the franchise tag works. He walked in, he got franchise ta- franchise tag last year, which paid him out like yep. thirty million, something like that, and mm-hmm. that becomes the floor in your negotiation. All right, I want five years, one hundred fifty million, and then they go, no, we're not doing that because we want to pay you like Derek Carr, or we want to pay you like one of these guys that isn't an elite elite player, and then he's like, okay, well, I'll just wait until next year. And you're going to franchise tag me again, and that's going to be $37 million, And now that's my new floor. I want 37 every year. And you better beat that in order for me to actually sign this thing. So it's he, he totally, he had him straight by the balls the whole time. And it, it goes to show you that a franchise quarterback, you don't need, you can bet on yourself in any circumstance. I mean, what circumstance was there out there? that his value was going to go down. He had one of the most catastrophic injuries you could possibly have as a football player. Perfect. And his yeah. value went up. Doesn't make any sense. The cap went down, demand. he got hurt, and his value went up. I mean, everything is working in their direction. And then, obviously, this if they, had, they did end up franchise tagging him, however, it was part of that greater extension. His cap number comes down from that franchise tag due to his low first-year salary. So it helps the team out from that perspective they understand the cap is going way up next year because it's going to rebound from having fans in the stands yeah and so it makes sense from them for a money perspective why so then why would they give the signing bonus of 69 million this year because they knew what the hell they were doing because you have to give the signing bonus in order to spread out the cap hit over the length of the contract oh right yeah you can break it up right did they front load it do you know if they front loaded the uh the bonus i I believe they did i think it's a 13 million dollar no it's not right um, but it is very similar to the Russell Wilson deal when he signed. I don't know how old he was when he signed that deal. It was like, he was, that was like two, three years ago? Yeah, it was four years, $140 million. Um, So, you know, kind of similar just for inflation, although I'm not sure there is inflation in 2020, 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more like deflation. Million. I don't know. Seems, uh, seems like Jerry Jones is just a loose cannon out there. Maybe. And I know they had to do it, but they, I mean... I don't know how he. I don't know. I'm surprised it was that number. Getting Russell, like you said, he's getting more than Russell Wilson. He's not Russell Wilson. But that's the thing: is Russell Wilson wasn't in the same position to negotiate from that Dak Prescott was. Yeah, they really screwed themselves. That that agent earned his money. He earned his yeah. He did ten whatever he gets. He earned all of it. Oh, absolutely, every penny. And then elsewhere, there were I don't know maybe ten guys that got franchise tagged. The yep. notable ones are there were like three offensive linemen, none of which was named Joe Tooney. The Patriots would have had to pay, I think, the offensive linemen that were tagged. None of the tight ends got tagged. No running backs. I was surprised Aaron Jones can, didn't get tagged, even though that number would have been at about $8 million. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. But we did lose out on some of the wide receiver possibilities. Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson both get tagged. $18 million range uh, based on each of their individual contracts. How do you feel about the wide receiver position? I mean, it, we've talked about this before. It seems like it's going to be a primary focus for the Patriots in free agency. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked about the big guys. I know you wanted Allen Robinson. Uh, Ryan, we know, wanted Godwin. Um, I didn't think we were going to get either of them. You know, I feel like we could use some receivers. There's a couple guys out there that you can go get. I think the biggest thing is if we get one a really good tight end and another good receiver. Maybe a draft someone that becomes pretty good. And I didn't th- or, you know, you maybe swing a trade for a low-round pick of someone trying to dump somebody. I think there's, you know, as we're seeing, we, you guys are talking about the cap. There's going to be a lot, I feel like a lot more cuts coming just for people to get below that cap number because that cap number dropped uh, quite a bit there. So a lot of teams couldn't prepare for that originally. Contracts, you know, you're already seeing reports coming out of people restructuring and moving around cap money to try and get under the number. So that's going to be be a disaster i think there's more names to come but tight end's the big one you need a tight end you need a quarterback our receivers aren't great i don't think they're as bad as everyone talks about you know everyone says they are so you get another guy or two in there i don't know if marquise lee is coming back no i've I've heard anything of him but you know not too worried about the the big time 17 million dollar receiver john brown just hit free agency you know john brown from the bills yeah he just got cut I didn't see that one. Um, so I was disappointed to see all the franchise tags, Godwin and Allen Robinson. I'm a big fan of both those guys. Super talented. Obvious number one 
receivers. They could come in, take the pressure off of Harry or Edelman or Myers, whoever's there next year. I think Bird's gone. Um, so those are the two biggest bummers for me. The, the third one was Leonard Williams from the Giants because mm-hmm. I think he's super versatile. You can move him all around the defensive line. He's disruptive from everywhere. That one bummed me out. I think free agency has turned a, a lot less sexy now. Um, really, there's still a lot of good players out there except for quarterback. Uh, some names mentioned in trade rumors. So I'm just kind of waiting for the first domino to fall. I think the best player that didn't get franchise tagged is probably Kenny Galladay from um, – the Lions. He's a lot of injuries last year, but he's he's a guaranteed number one. Um, super uh, agile when the ball's in the air, can go up and get it. I think he makes a lot of sense. I just don't know. I mean, a big a big guy that's like a jump ball guy is kind of worthless if you don't have the quarterback that can make that throw. Yeah, like who's going to other The other big one that I really was happy didn't get franchised is Hunter Henry. I'm not sure how I feel about him. I think he's the number one tight end in this free agency class, but um, he's got a weird injury history. um, And I'm kind of more Smith. I'm kind of more intrigued with Johnu Smith, the 26-year-old kid from um, Tennessee. There's a couple veterans you could bring in to help with these these younger tight ends. Uh, Everett and Cook, Mm. those guys are appealing to me. Um, And also there's been uh, some trade rumors revolving uh kyle rudolph so um oh he got cut didn't he is he getting cut did he, he did cut. he get cut yeah he's he got cut. wow so he's out it's there too so pickup. there's you know like you said Janu smith i think is would be a pretty reasonable deal i feel like you can get him for like seven eight nine million bucks somewhere in there uh mm-hmm. which isn't ridiculous for a tight end you know tight end still fairly reasonable he'd be you know he had like 461 receiving yards and was barely thrown to last year uh, he could get yards after catch, and he was primarily used as a blocker. It's like, what yeah, that's, better way to sound of a you know, Patriots guy that he could block and go out there? That's a great point. I, and I think when I watch Tennessee, they use him a lot more in line. They, they don't do, really yeah. Move, they don't really move him around they really use lot, him. And that's Yeah, and that's kind of what we do with our tight ends. We move him around. We put him in motion. We set him up out wide. We even set him up as a flanker or as an X, you yep. know, and um, – I'd be curious to see what he could do in that role. He's pretty athletic. Um, so I think that they haven't even touched on what he can do. So uh, at 26 years old, I'd, I'd love that. But, you know, who the hell knows what the Pats are going to do? Who knows at all? And they, they shocked us all the other day when we wake up to news that they traded for the largest player in the NFL Again. Oh, me and Ryan were watching our phones already by then. We were well up that day. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. in a different time zone, so. Yeah, no, we were up at like 4 in the morning. Good for you. Wow. Oh, yeah. Look at us. Had to, had to rub yeah, that in. Huh? Had to rub it in. Yeah, wake up. Oh, no, I'm just jealous we couldn't wake up to that. I'd much rather wake up to it. It was fantastic. It was great news. Uh, but I also had a bunch of questions which remain unanswered at the time we're recording this, mainly involving his contract restructuring. He had... Trent, this is Trent Brown, by the way, uh, for listeners who may not have heard about this. Six foot eight, three hundred eighty pound, offensive tackle, played left tackle for the Patriots, right tackle for both the Niners and Oakland. Uh, Oakland became Las Vegas, yada yada yada. He had thirty three million dollars left on his deal with the Raiders. Gets traded back to us, restructures down to eleven million over one year, incentive laden contract. This is all we've heard. Those are all the details that are out there. So we don't even know what his cap hit is going to be for this season. It could be the veteran minimum for all we know. And he's just got a bunch of incentives that are tied to team success, number of snaps, whatever else. Starting games, yeah. And all those incentives would get pushed off onto next year's cap sheet. So it could be a very cheap financial contract. Uh, it was oh, wow. certainly pretty cheap in terms of draft capital to give up. We we traded a fifth rounder from next year for a seventh rounder next year. Could work yeah. out to be only about 40 picks difference, uh, depending on how successful the teams are. So, I mean, initial reactions, what did you guys think? I know when we traded for Trent Brown the first time, I was super stoked. I'm actually pretty happy about it again this time. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Uh, he, you know, he's had injury history in Oakland the last two years, but when he was with us for that year, he played great. I mean, he was like the arguably the best tackle in the league. He was up there. He was that fucking good for us. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened to him in Oakland. They seemed pretty pissed. <laughs> he just took their money and ran, it seemed like, to them. That's what the word is over there in Oakland, or not Oakland, Vegas. 
Um, you know, he might have been unmotivated out there, this, that, and the other thing. They might not have gelled with their system, their blocking scheme. Uh, he's a road grader of a run blocker, pass blocker. He's just so wide that it's pretty good, uh, that he's pretty good there. So if he can stay healthy, that'd be great. You know, I saw him, they were talking about he showed up overweight or, you know, they didn't like his size or whatever he was out in Vegas. I mean, the guy's fucking 360 pounds. I saw a video of him. He's like doing like a broad jump and he's like jumping on a, up to a platform that's like shoulder height for him. And this guy's like 360 pounds. That's he can insane. fucking Crazy. jump like that. It's I like, mean, I don't know. I mean, he still looks like he can move pretty good if he can fucking do that. Dude, conservatively. 380 pounds i think that guy's got to be over 400 pounds he's, he's one of the biggest guys we've seen i can't speak to what he did in vegas um i've seen him and we've seen him in the patriots uniform and he loves it here his uh his twitter kind of showed that he's very very happy to be back my biggest question about this whole thing is what does that do for the rest of our offensive linemen because yeah. on when move moved from the right tackle to the left guard that, this is what I think would happen. Anwenu would move from the right tackle to the left guard, the hole filled by Tooney. Yep. And then I have a feeling they're going to cut Cannon and free that $7 million, although they, they, they don't have too. to. They don't have to. They got plenty of money. They could keep him. Yeah, and then I, I really feel like it's cover for Isaiah Wynn because he's been injured so often as well. Those three things, I think, you know, you have to kind of factor in. And um, we'll see. Yeah, happy happy he's back though. He's a good he's a good player. He's a good player for us, regardless of what he did in Vegas. He's he's stoked to be back, and and you know that because of the his Twitter posts, but also the fact that he restructured. He's going to be twenty eight to start next season, but holy crap, he's super young. He's still in the what? prime of his career as long as he's able to stay healthy, which you could say about any of the tackles that we have. And we ran into some troubles last year when Isaiah Wynn got hurt where we have to shuffle around offensive linemen. And look, as this team is currently constructed, we have two strengths. Secondary on defense, offensive line on offense. This is doubling down on strengths. We're going to lose Joe Tooney. That's, it seems like it's written in the books right now, where they go, okay, Tooney's going to be gone. I don't know, dude. With the cap drop this year, I don't know what's going to go on with some of these contracts. He was, I heard heard somebody say this the other day, and I actually think it was true. Joe Tooney could be, might have been the best Patriots player last season. Yeah, maybe. He was paid the most. He was definitely up there. He might have been. He was up yeah. there. Uh, he was I, up there. I thought J.C. Jackson was fantastic. On, on when on it is on that short list, yeah. Uh, but I think you totally keep three tackles. You keep Shaq Mason uh, on Wenu, uh, definitely. And then you need to re-sign David Andrews because nobody's yeah. a replacement for him at center right now. So you, you focus on that. You can let Joe Tooney go, and now you still have six offensive linemen with some flexibility. Isaiah Wynn could bump inside. He has before. Yeah, or I mean, even Cannon, you know, depending. I heard, well, I think it was you, Ryan, tell me he was benching. Was he benching or squatting? Squatting, squatting 500 pounds with ease. Yeah, that's pretty good. Just a monster. He's in shape. He's, a big He's in shape. He's in shape, and, you know, if his age gets him, I know injury, whatever, he would be an ideal swing tackle. I don't know if his contract would allow him to do that, but, like, if you could get him into a swing tackle role, just, like, less snaps, can fill in if he needs to for injury, you'd be fucking set because then you still have Heron there who has another year to, you know, figure things out, get a little better, who is serviceable. So I just think also, that, that you have you have cap space elsewhere. You don't need his $7 million right away unless they need to make a move for a quarterback if they're going to trade for – a receiver right. who's exactly. got a, who's they got don't a need, I mean, They don't need it right away, but you can need you always of. have that in your back pocket if you really need to generate $7 million in cap space on a short period of time, you can cut Marcus Cannon. Or restructure. You don't need to jump it. There's a lot of other places you can get that $7 million too. I mean, who's who knows if Edelman's going to be back? Um, some of these older guys, um, they all no. say they're, they're coming back. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I am excited about having three quality starting uh, tackles. Um, I don't think that's something we've had in a while. Illuminor sucks, and he's gone, and I'm pretty happy about that. So, I mean, especially with Isaiah Wynn's injury history, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, and you know this offensive line with what, you know, they were a good run-blocking team last year. This year could be arguably the best run-blocking team in the league, and they got some good running backs. They should be outstanding. 
And you, oh. you, you can make an argument that Isaiah Wynn is a better run blocker than Joe Tooney. Yeah. For as good as Joe Tooney is, Isaiah Wynn can really drive a pile. And, well, and Shaq Mason's a hell of a run blocker. Shaq as well. Mason's terrific. And, yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole line, that's their strength is run blocking. So. And then you bring in Marcus Cannon as your spare tackle in the right. big jumbo package, and now you're really moving people around. For anybody yeah. that's, I mean, anyone that's talking about the Jets right now, one of the things they note is that Mekhi Becton at left tackle is an outstanding player, and he absolutely is. Yeah, Trent Brown is the same size. He's even bigger. He's the same type of player as Mekhi Becton. So, I mean, you're, you're adding a skill set that looks like that. Mike Mayock said he, when Trent Brown is right, he is one of the most dominating tackles in the NFL. It's true. And we just got him for a dime, for nothing. Hmm. Just to, when did Mayock say that? He said it two years ago when they signed him. When he, I mean, st- he's still twenty-seven. It's crazy. Twenty-seven. Uh, that blows me away. I thought he was. Surprised they were that willing to get rid of him. Yeah, he really. That really didn't go well. They were going to cut him. They were definitely going to cut him. Seems like it. Yeah. So now the Patriots are sitting here, as I mentioned before, strength in, in the secondary on defense, strength on the offensive line up front, complete question mark at quarterback. Basically, the cupboard is bare at tight end and wide receiver. Basically, I'm, I'm a fan of Jacoby Myers. I, I'll love Edelman for the rest of my life. He's 35 going into the season. Uh, and then running back's pretty good. They got to bring back one of the receiving backs. I would prefer James White to come back oh, than Rex Burkhead, definitely. Uh, defensively, you get back Dante Hightower. He's moving into his 30s, different stage of his career. Defensive line, a lot of openings, a lot of guys in the free agent market. So... Yeah. When I look at what this team could do, they don't have a ton of draft capital, but they have a decent amount. I mean, for, for the Patriots, they have a lot of draft capital comparatively to previous seasons uh, where they got two compensatory picks just today. They were awarded uh, along with mid, uh, middle-of-the-round picks in both first and second round. So they, they have a decent amount of draft capital. They have a ton of cap space. They could create more cap space. From from what I'm looking at, the most accurate number I can get is 65 million for cap space currently. I feel like they could generate at least 10 to 15 million with restructures. If they, Devin McCourty's already got dummy years on the end of his deal. If you just move some of his salary into those dummy years, you can create more salary. Same thing for Dante Hightower. You can create up to 80, 85 million in cap space by the restructures and cutting players like Akeem Spence, uh, Adrian Phillips, potentially, Bo Allen, possibly, just some, some guys that are lower end of the roster players. Bo Allen. I don't know. Phil, what's his, Phillips was pretty good. I thought he Phillips was good, was too. very good. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is that you could get pretty quickly to $80 million in cap Yeah, if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to jump yeah. the gun. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think it's going to take about $30, $35 to re-sign the players that we want. We're, we want, like, Lawrence Guy. We want Adam Butler. We certainly need to have a, a competitive tender on Jace, his desire to sign again. So I think about 30 35 for that. So it, it leaves you with, like, 45 to $55 million to spend out there. Mm-hmm. And what I'm yeah. wondering is, with their draft capital, with their amount of free agent flexibility, mm-hmm. can we make this a championship team this year? What about next year? Can we open the all window? on the quarterback? It's all on the yeah. quarterback, right? I mean, yes. next year, if you draft someone this year, I mean, I don't know about going to the Super Bowl, but you know, playoff team. If there, you find someone in the draft that's pretty good, and then by next year or twenty twenty three, you might have a chance, especially with all that cap space and all that shit opening up. It's all on the quarterback, or maybe if we get Jimmy G, but I don't think he's a quarterback guy, but or a Super Bowl guy. A lot of questions. Yeah. The odds of drafting a quarterback and making the playoffs in year one, pretty low. Yeah. Um, trading for a quarterback, probably a lot better odds. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about Jimmy G. I do think it really hinges on what we do at quarterback. That means that makes everyone better. Um, we could fill some holes. We need de- we need help at tight end. We need help at wide receiver. We don't have a legitimate number one. As far as free agents go, I think there's only one legitimate number one, and the rest are all just solid number twos. There's a lot of solid number twos. Um, there's a lot of different places they can go, but um, I think it really, if you don't get that quarter. Stuff to play around with could be win the Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yes. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> That's not my question. That's not out there. Uh, 
what I mean, the the thing that I'm worried about is that the the pieces that we want to build around that are currently with the team, namely Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung, Stefan Gilmore, those guys are win now guys. It's not there's those guys right. are not for the future. Dante Hightower. Uh so you you're like, can we do this short term thing, but then are we screwed a year or two from now if it doesn't work out? And that's no. that's what I'm worried about is if we get a lot of the guys that I'm interested in getting. Like, I'm interested in a Jarrell Casey, in Kawan Short, in Kyle Rudolph. I'm interested in Marvin Jones, at wide receiver. Mm. There's a lot of these guys yeah. that are available and attainable oh, for no. them right now, but they're all win now. And that's the problem, is are we just setting us ourselves up for failure in the future if we try to go all in right now? Right. I, well, you think... We- they should leave cap space open. Is that what you're saying? No, I guess uh, unless if, if you build a win now team and then try to trade up in the draft to get a premier the quarterback. Guy, I don't think they're trading up. Yeah. Maybe a couple spots if someone falls. But. As much as I kind of want them to rebuild and go young and, and start over and, and do this thing kind of the right way, Belichick's there. And he's, he's a win now kind of guy. You're not going to get him, right. I mean, tanking. Putting in Stidham to see what you got last year. Remember that whole thing? He's going to put in who he thinks gives him the best chance to win. He's going to draft and sign players. You know, he doesn't necessarily want to develop, but guys that are going to impact them now. So I think that they're going to probably make a trade for Jimmy G or or one of these good quarterbacks because that's your quickest route to winning. Yeah. Yep. I think, you know, when it comes down to the quarterback conversation – well, like you said, too, Belichick's a win-now guy. He's 69 or turning 69. So it's like, what are you building for 2022, 2023 when he's going to be? He would have been or will have been the oldest court coach to ever win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's getting pretty old. So you got to figure this shit out in the next couple of years if he wants to break old Don Shula's win record, which we all think is what he's going for. So um, we hope it's almost like the media is trying to will the Jimmy G trade. It's like everywhere you turn, there's like, Jimmy G trade. But it's like, I don't know if the San Francisco Niners are putting it out there. I guess the whole thing, if if, if it's out there, somebody's putting it out there, Some whether it's the Patriots or the Niners. Um, but if you can't get him, which is likely that you can't get him, uh, I don't know. You get you get a couple. There's not much out there, like you said. You get a couple crappy uh, veterans or low-grade veterans. I'd bring in Gardner Minshew and go big in the draft. Do what well, you I can think, get. I think that. You can get top tier quarterbacks if you really wanted to, just judging by the reports. I don't, you know, who knows? But when are you ever going? I don't know if either team will do it. I don't know if they'll do it. You know, I don't. I don't know. But I mean, they're I saying guess, it. There's a bluff. There's some bluffs out there. I or, gotta think that's an option. Option you you need to explore, right? If so one of those, when are you going to find a 24 year old quarterback in his prime? Guaranteed top five quarterback. That's just absurd. Available. You're just you're just not. You can't even draft that guy. You don't know if that guy's going to be a bust. And to see Belichick kind of saying, "Oh, I'm going to rebuild this for the next guy." How many times have we heard him say, "I don't want to end up like Marv Levy and coach into my 80s." He's not. He's not developing a team for 70s. the next guy. That was 70s. Was 70s? I realized this was what my late 60s was like. But he's feeling pretty good. He didn't think he'd feel as good as he does. He's got his kids there. He's fucking taking it a little too leisurely. Maybe sometimes is the problem. No, I'm he's kidding. obsessed with football. I yeah, mean, you got to obs- give him. You got to give him that. He's obsessed no, he's with football. So, he's all being, he does is watch film. Can you imagine doing Sunday football on TV? Yeah, he needs to be competing. He needs to be out there coaching the team, building a team, all that stuff. Uh, so I have some ideas for building this team. I have a lot of favorite players that are out there that are now becoming available. We mentioned John Brown previously. JJ and I have gushed about smoke previously on the show. Uh, But I think that, like we talked about before, you want to keep all three tackles. You want to keep offensive line of strength. You need to sign a veteran tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Maybe you go younger, a guy you can build with in a Gerald Everett or a Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith, baby. I know. Pull it into existence. But he's going to be more, way more expensive than a Jared Cook or Kyle Rudolph. We know Julian Edelman can. You add a tight end that's also in the middle of the field. You need, I think we need two guys that are outside the numbers. That's somebody like Marvin Jones, maybe a John Brown, preferably a speed guy and a possession guy. 
I kind of like Demir Bird back too, to be honest. Yeah, he. I could, thought he was really good. He could be the speed guy. Yeah, uh, I feel like a, Brady would have like you know. I think there's a lot of good number two, three guys outside the numbers. Um, I think this whole free agent class is just loaded with them. Uh, Samuel from the from the Panthers. Yep. Uh, Will Fuller can stretch the field. Corey Davis, Smith Schuster. I can't stand him, but I mean he's a he's a definite number two. Uh, Aguilar. I don't really like T.Y. Hilton. Marvin Jones for sure. Keelan Cole. Sammy Watkins, I would take a flyer on. A.J. Green. Um, There's guys. A.J. Green. There's definite guys. Um, I I like Corey Davis a lot. You know, if you can put the ball in his hands, he's as athletic as you're going to find. He just has uh, drop issues sometimes, but he is really yeah. athletic. But his upside, I mean, he's got number one upside. And he sure. does. And he's 26. He's big dude. And he's young. He's 26. Right. He's got development where a guy. What's going like, on with Tennessee? Are they all out of. Sorry. What do you got? No, I'm just saying that that he is on that John U. Smith timeline where some of those other guys, T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, A.J. Green, those guys are Kyle Rudolphs of the receiver. Court. Right. So well, I was going to say, what's going on with Tennessee that they're letting John U. Smith go and Corey Davis go? Like A lot of guys. Daquan Jones, uh, the linebacker they there, Jayon Brown. Rude with the freaking cap. Malcolm pick from last year, number 29th overall. It's like Isaiah Williams, the tackle. He played like oh, two yeah. snaps, and they just traded him for. They just traded him by swapping seventh round picks with Miami. Yeah. Did you see that? Yep. They are not doing well. And then also, how's nobody talking about that? That's like the worst trade I've ever seen. One of the worst trades I've ever heard of. Like, yeah, it's atrocious. Yeah, I mean that's. He was oof. never going to play for them. He's. He said that. Yeah, he, said, he said, "I'm never going to yeah. play for Tennessee." Before yeah, you got no, drafted, no comment. Not before, not before. No comment. Oh. Yeah. Also, so not only did they lose uh, Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, they lost Humphreys too. They lost three point. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've had a tough stretch. They signed Jadavian Clowney. That doesn't work at all. Jarrell Casey no, just got bad. cut. Actually, no, he was with Denver before that, so but he, he walked a year or two ago. So yeah, Tennessee's in tough shape. But the point point being that Corey Davis is on the market. He's a guy you could grow with. He could be with the team for a while. Uh, but what I wanted to get at was the fact that they have a person, they being the Patriots in this this sentence, they have a person that's on the roster who should be that outside the numbers, possession receiver, big guy, Nikhil Harry. And then all of a sudden we see pop up on the internet today that trade offers coming in. They're fielding him. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, and they're coming in for a reason. I think other teams still value him. We saw what happened in his first year coming into uh... – Brady's offense, it's tough. I mean, I told you guys, I was we were talking about this before. For, ten-year vets couldn't get it. Reggie Wayne, I give, him a first, I give him a pass on that first year. The second year, he's got one of the worst quarterbacks in the league thrown to him, and they only utilize him on end-arounds and screens. And I'm he's blocking. 23 years old. They like made him a freaking block. Big physical kid. You 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 know you took him in the first round, albeit 32. So it's not like you took him like 15 or 10, and then. It just so happened that all the guys taken after him have been amazing successes. So the kid's <laughs> really getting uh, the short end of the... Uh, you know, he's getting a lot of crit- criticism, and some of it's deserved, but I, I don't think you give up on him just yet unless you can get, like, a really high pick. Uh, I guess third round, I guess you would you would take. Um, but I still think there's a lot of potential there, and I think a lot of NFL teams agree with me because they wouldn't be there wouldn't be this rumor, Right. I'm willing to give him some more time. I don't, I don't see what you have to lose. He's so cheap. It's like, you could get a pick for him maybe this year. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, give give him a little more time. It's two years is tough to call a player in two years, to be honest, especially when his first half of the year. I mean, he didn't look good last year, but Cam couldn't throw the ball, too. So, I mean, he made a lot. He, he looked a little lost, maybe with a different quarterback or another year under his belt to have figured something out. I don't know. Was there any chance of him looking good last year? With it, with Cam Newton, a little I mean, bit. I'll give Demir him a little Bird, bit. I mean, there were some times where he was out of position and shit like that, like that I remember. Or, you know, I think the ball bounced off. But he made some great catches. Also, he made there was a couple times he made some good catches. So it's just really inconsistent play, which I'll 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 you know heavily treading the wrong di- direction. But I'll I'll leave the jury out on it. You know. Yeah. What would you take for him? What would you take a fourth, third? You know. Depends on how if it's like a top. Top of the third round, maybe. You know, like a good third round pick. I wouldn't take like a late third round pick. So you take like a 30, 40 pick hit. Yeah. Basically yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, the 
I, I still think you want to give him a little bit more time, potentially with, you know, he's only we need played, receivers too. He's they cheap need as receivers. Well. Yeah, you can't just be why get rid of them? depleting a weakness at this point. But you could, I could foresee a scenario where you make an offer for an existing receiver on another roster, and you go, I'll give you Nikhil Harry plus a second round pick. Right, you you can double dip on this guy. You give us your distressed asset at wide receiver, and and uh, move on with two pieces. So something like that. I'm so curious to what as to like what he would do on a different team because I just don't feel like we have a good read on him. You know what I mean? Maybe he sucks bad enough where he can't play every snap, or maybe you know like we just can't get him the ball. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's so he's cheap. He's what, a couple million bucks at the most? Two. Yeah, two. Two million bucks. And it's like, it costs more to cut him than to keep him. Right, and where, where are you going to find another receiver that cheap that's in its, their developmental stages that has I mean, that much potential? He's got a lot of potential. The list of receivers that got taken after him is just like... It's absurd. You're right. That If if there was one guy after him that made it and everyone else sucked, no one. it wouldn't be as it's big. Like, I mean, it would still be a story, but it wouldn't be nearly as big. I mean, I'm forgetting guys, but I know it's like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, uh, the kid from Tampa Bay. What's this? Scotty Miller, Stevie. Yeah. He's a Scotty fifth round at the dude in San Francisco. Debo Samuel. Uh, um, I feel like the the Giants got somebody. What was his name? The Panthers get no, no that's a different guy. It was a bunch. But yeah, it was like six, seven, eight guys. like four or five, like legitimate. Oh, you know who else got taken after him? Uh, McLaurin, McLovin, Terry McLaurin, from, uh, Washington. He's been unbelievable for them. So, and they don't have a good quarterback either. So, you know, I think that you could probably field offers for him and not feel too bad. But at the same time, I'm not sure we've seen the best of him yet. I think, and I think, I think the, the best is to come. Watching Nikhil play, I think his problem is he thought he was a lot better and bigger and tougher than he actually is. So he is big, tough, and fast and strong. But I think his, he thought he was way better than he is and he came into the NFL and because when he makes a big play, he's like, oh, he like flexes and stuff. And it's like, I also hate the way we use him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I Yeah, I'll, he's not great. Not good, but no reason to get rid of him now. Like, keep him going. See, see what he's got. We need a quarterback. Obviously. What's, what's your quarterback plan over there, Sean? You got a plan for how to rebuild? Well, I, I pretty much said you, you have a couple options. You, you can sign one of these guys that is mediocre at best. Uh, Mariota, James Winston. Uh, Mariota's out. He doesn't want to restructure, and everyone's like, fuck that. Okay. Then, yeah, there's there's just I'll a couple guys up. that are available. You could trade for, for some existing pieces that are less than attractive. You mentioned Gardner Minshew. Uh, I would put Sam Darnold in that category. Other people have other opinions of him. And then there are various levels of the franchise quarterback that you could potentially put a package for to trade. Uh, for Deshaun Watson, it sounds like Russell Wilson's not interested in, in coming to the Patriots. Jimmy Garoppolo, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he not? It's a health thing. Uh, so there there are those options out there. And then there's, I don't think you're going to be able to draft a guy that that is, you're not going to be able to draft a top four quarterback at 15 where they're at. A top four. You think, with, yeah. I think there's going to be four quarterbacks that are off the board at that point. So they would have to put a package together to move into the top 10 in order to get one of the later quarterbacks that's taken. So that part is possible. It seems like all signs are pointing to Justin Fields falling past the Jets at two, and and that could bring him all the way down to number eight, where if you can get ahead of the Panthers at eight, you'd have a shot at Justin Fields. I got to do more research. I've never been really in love with them, but the – the idea of putting together a package to take an unknown player like that who's going to need development after we just saw a former NFL MVP struggle to develop inside this offense, that part scares the shit out of me. So if you're going to put all your eggs in the win-now basket and then trade up to get a quarterback and you think that you plug him in with all this veteran talent and you're going to have a winning team, I'm just not so sure. So I don't have a solution, but they have options. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to bring in a veteran and try to get one of those kids. I think that there's three clear guys in this draft that that are, I would say, good quarterbacks. Um, and watch, I'll be wrong on one of them. But I love Zach Wilson. He's my favorite of the group. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is 
the most talented by far. Um, and Justin Fields is, I, I love Justin Fields too. See what he did against Clemson. It's impressive. Um, I think that after that, there's a little bit of a gap. I like Trey Lance, but it's just, he's just so unproven. The competition's not great. North Dakota state. Um, I don't think Mac, it's hard to get a read on Mac Jones. It's hard to get a read on Alabama, Alabama quarterback because of who they're playing with. And then you kind of move down the list. I'd, I'd like Kellen Mond, but you can get him a lot later. Kyle Trask you can get later. I don't I don't like Kyle Trask at all. But either way, I think you need to get – if you don't get one of those top three, four guys, I think you need a bridge quarterback. You need to bring in a free agent, someone older. Maybe it – oh, God, maybe it, oh, they're all awful. Dalton maybe? Winston? Ugh. Fitzpatrick. Did he retire? I thought he retired. Fitzpatrick. And then he said he did. It's no one. He doesn't know if anyone wants him. It sounds like he's not some love. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I can't see him coming to the Pats. I think you know I'd be surprised, like you said, Granny, if they package stuff, package picks, and move up, unless it's like just a couple spots. You know, if somebody falls that they like, you know, maybe around eleven, twelve, thirteen range, they maybe you know it's usually only like a third round pick to get up a couple spots or something. So maybe they do something like that. But if not, I think they they go defense. Or, you know, maybe even receiver at 15. Probably not receiver, but I know there's some, there's like one or two good players right there. Uh, but I'd love them to go defensive line or linebacker at 15. See if what they've got in the second, third, fourth round for quarterback. You know, see if you can get Jimmy G. I would, I mean, I don't think Houston is going to trade Deshaun Watson. And I think if you, the only way they would trade him would be, you know, a package. They're, you know, they're talking about four first round picks. I feel like this year they've undervalued how much it's going to take to get these quarterbacks. And I think it would be more. I think it would be players. I think it would be a lot of picks. And I, at that point, it's like, well, what are, you, what are we doing here? You know, can, can we afford to do that? So, you know. I think as far as um, talent-wise, building long-term, I would love if we got like an elite weapon at 15 and kind of bridge this year to next year and try to get a quarterback next year with we even – for more ridiculous amount of cap space. Uh, if Kyle Pitts is there at 15, I have a hard time not wanting that player. Um, I think it's a generational type of tight end. Um, really not even a tight end, just a huge wide receiver. Um, I don't think you can pass on a guy like that. Uh, there's not a lot of interior D linemen, which I think is a big need for us. Oh. And then There's a linebacker. linebacker. There's a good linebacker, yes. right? Micah Parsons, I think, is the best. From Penn State, uh, there's a lot of good edge guys. There's a lot of good edge free agents too, but I don't think that's a huge need for us with Winovich and Uche and you know a couple of the other kids we we have. Um, linebacker, we have Bentley and Hightower coming back. Anthony Jennings. I just think that wide receiver, tight end, quarterback have to be prioritized. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can sign defensive tackles. I know they get drawn into young defensive linemen at the top of drafts. Uh, but I, I think we definitely need another off-ball linebacker to pair along with Hightower, potentially two guys, depending on how you feel about Anthony Jennings after an up-and-down rookie season. And then, yeah, it just seems like I, haven't, I just don't have any faith in them to draft a receiver. I don't have any faith in them to really develop a tight end. So, Why don't you think they can develop a tight end the last year? Uh, they haven't developed a tight end in 10 years, and those guys were good immediately. They didn't develop Hernandez and Gronk. Those guys were right, good okay. out, out of the gate. Historically, though, rookie tight ends have not been very good throughout the NFL. It's usually second second year before they start to come on. Uh, there's been a couple exceptions. Yeah, I'm not, but... I'm not willing to throw in the towel on the guys we, we drafted last year. I think if you get a good veteran or even two in front of them, they could be little secret weapons and you know, turn into something. It's exactly why I think Kyle Rudolph is the ultimate Patriots signing right now. He's a he's a true inline tight end. He's come on later in his career as a blocker, but he's an accomplished receiver. He's a fan. He was the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee three years consecutively for the Vikings. Everybody raves about his character. He's 32. He's used to the last couple of years working in a platoon from the tight end spot, so he's not going to demand that he plays 90% of the snaps. There's an opening to, to move in Asiasi and Dalton Keene into more playing time, so I, I think he makes a ton of sense there. I'd still like them to draft a guy, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want them to bring in a veteran tight end. And then from the receiver side, strictly veterans. 
only people from other teams. I, I have <laughs> no belief whatsoever that they're going to be able to draft a talented player and develop them appropriately. They just need I to get those from elsewhere. I definitely understand your sentiment yeah. there. They they have had a tough time with wide receivers draft wise. However, this is like by all accounts like the best wide receiver draft. Uh, I don't know, like in a long time, um, and it's deep. So even if you don't go high with one, I think you can get one later. And uh, but I do agree. Like there are so many good, solid wide receivers out there that you can yeah. get. I, I wouldn't mind that. Bill needs to knock this draft out of the park. I, I honestly think they might do it. This is the first time he's had a lot of time in the offseason to, you know, I know he took a big vacation. Everyone was flipping out in January. But normally, you know, they're coming off the AFC Championship or Super Bowl. This is the first year where they have had an offseason, you know, to do the proper stuff. I know you have a whole staff working year-round on this bullshit. But, yeah. Another know, thing I, I want to mention about quarterbacks is uh, I hear a lot of Pats fans thinking you could just bring anyone in like a buy low philosophy and, and just develop him and turn him into a great quarterback. That's not really the way things work. And just because you won the lottery in the sixth round, you know, 20 years ago, you can't just bring in dog shit and expect it. You know, you can't bring in a piece of coal and turn it into a fucking diamond every time. You know what I mean? And and this is the market for quarterbacks. You see what the Cowboys did with Dak Prescott. It's not like they just grow on trees. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point, too. Look how many quarterbacks are out there right now. Look how many veteran guys are out there that nobody really knows where they're going or nobody really wants because, you know, it just shows how, you know, as, as we've talked about it, they can't fill 32 positions for it. So yeah. can't do it. This, nobody can do it. Uh, there's long been a, a thought process that you should draft a quarterback every single year or at the very least bring in an undrafted free agent quarterback every year. And the Patriots, to a large extent, have, have pretty much met that. Uh, maybe not a, a full quarterback a year, but like every other year at the very least. And you look back at who they've taken, and they've developed some okay guys. I mean, they developed Jimmy Garoppolo. Jacoby Brissett was a starter with the, the Colts for a while. Brian Hoyer's been a starter at various points in his career. But then you, you kind of lose track of the fact that they – drafted uh you know kevin o'connell they drafted danny etling they drafted uh what's his face that's coaching the cardinals right now he was a patriots draft pick way back in 2002 yeah kingsbury kingsbury Kingsbury. they've drafted quarterbacks continually 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 and i think you should take those swings constantly you should take them every single year but you're absolutely right ryan that this the hit percentage is so low it's so low on those picks but it's still worth it because the upside is so big. It, they're like penny stocks. Uh, right. What I'm looking for this year is is potentially if you don't take the big swing, if you don't take the Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo swing, then yeah, multiple approaches. I want to see I want to see a veteran come in, and I also want to see a rookie come in. And uh, one of the things we should point out, I forgot this quarterback earlier, but I just brought him up. Jacoby Brissett is a free agent out on the market, probably a middling deal. And they're, bring him back. There are probably a lot of I people. Would, I would be totally fine with that. I'd like to bring him back, Sorry. too. But he's not a long-term. He has not shown the ability to be a solution long-term. No, he's better than Cam. He's, he's a bridge. Better than, he's a bridge, yeah. exactly. He's a guy that was working with Frank Reich, one of the best offensive, one of the best quarterback coaches in the NFL, and wasn't able to be very successful. They just traded a couple first-round picks to get Carson Wentz over there because they didn't oh, believe in Charlie Brissett. So we shouldn't believe that. Wait, either. where? where he's, Wentz is, where is he again? Carson Wentz is on the Colts. Where have you been? That's Colts, right. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. That's crazy. <laughs> he sucks. Good luck to him. Wait, Perfect what place did they give for up him for to him again? Was it, was it two first-round picks? No. Is that what you just said? No, I said second. that. I didn't mean it. It was a second and then... I think it was a third and then a second, and the second could become a first next year. Yeah. Right. It's conditional. It's okay. Because he is atrocious. But the one time he did have success, I believe Frank Wright right. was the offensive right. coordinator. So yep. it does make a lot of sense. Um, I just don't see that working out. <laughs> I, would, um, I would totally take Jacoby for setback, but I also want to draft a quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. I'd take Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and draft two guys. If we wait, I think you guys should check out Kellen Mond. Um, I think that's kind of a player that I would. No, I see you shaking your head. I'm no, like it. I, I've seen that dude play at Texas A&M for a while. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. 
There are He's some moving guys. up. Is he really? Yeah. It's funny to see these guys like Kyle Trask, who was a backup quarterback two years ago, and then there's a an injury ahead of him. I think it was Felipe Franks was was playing ahead of him, and now our, Felipe Felipe Franks. Yeah, and then Franks has to transfer out of Florida because Trask has a good year, and now Kyle Trask is a borderline first round pick. And I'm like, what? What happened there? And then I find out as I'm watching the bowl games that he's in the Heisman running. I'm like what? What, that unbelievable! Dude, that dude's a backup quarterback. What are you talking dude, about? Dude, quarterbacks explode onto the scene. Like, oh. and it's not even that they're, you know, Tresk had a decent year, but he also was throwing to some really good players. Um, it's just crazy how, like, these guys have, like, third, fourth round grades, and then draft time comes, and they're, like, first round picks. Borderline you know what I mean? Rounders. Yeah, it happens every year. It's just the need. It's supply and demand, and if you need yeah, a quarterback... That's what you like, got to well, pay. This, yeah, this is the next best guy, so here you go. Yeah, And that's where you find the Patriots, and, and let's hope that they approach this as a smart team and not as a desperate team, mm-hmm. and that we're not yep. out, out here overpaying, getting ourselves in a low-leverage position. I, I do worry that how attractive are we to free agent wide receivers and tight ends without a quarterback here, and how attractive are we to free agent and possible trade quarterbacks without tight ends and wide receivers here so it's like who's gonna make the jump first you gotta have a plan and you gotta communicate that plan to the free agents so exactly hopefully they've figured one out by now and they can communicate that yep they've had plenty of time yep that's why you trade a second round pick for jimmy garoppolo you trade stefan gilmore for Allen robinson you sign kyle rudolph johnny smith marvin jones Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> I just made up that no, line. No, forget about Marvin you dra- Jones, And you can draft Michael Parsons. Everybody's happy. I want you Michael know? Parsons. That dude is a freak. James, write I that name him. down. You're going to be talking about Michael Parsons pretty soon. Okay. You'll, have a, you'll have a Parsons jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I think we solved it. So, um, Perfect. yeah, we have one week from today until the new league year opens and then all the floodgates come through with free agency beginning and there's going to be a lot of cuts between now and then i think we talk about how much salary cap space the patriots have i think the saints are equally over the cap as we are under it (laughs) they're good i mean they're they're creating all that space currently with restructures and cutting Quan alexander who could be a target by the way 27 year old middle linebacker good athlete um but yeah, it's it's so funny. There's just going to be so much craziness. So everyone need to get down to the cap by that date by the new league year. There's, I think it's only it hasn't happened in a long time that a team has failed to adhere to the salary cap in time. And Dallas, they, Dallas did it a couple of years ago. They had to pay penalties, right? They had to pay penalties because they they fucked around with the uncapped year when they did the last collective bargaining right. agreement. There was uncapped year, and them and Washington, I think, did some. Uh, I don't know, unethical things. Yeah, okay. So, well, all right. That's going to be interesting. We'll see. There's going to be some fireworks this year. A lot of fireworks. Yeah. I mean, for that domino to fall. You yeah. Know? Once it falls, then the floodgates open. And yeah, that's right. Here we go. Championship. We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, either next week or, or shortly thereafter to discuss everything that's happening with free agency and off-season team building. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you soon. See ya. Adios.